first message today is by Mr. Ken Barton, entitled, Since When? <clears throat> Can you hear me now? Oh. Not too long ago, I shared with you about a conversation that I had with a gentleman at Gardner's Bookstore in which he stated that God had taken away his favored status from the Israelites because they'd murdered Jesus. I didn't attack that statement, but rather I pointed out that the scriptures, what the scriptures say about being grafted in, that if the Gentiles, being a wild branch, can be grafted into the natural branch, God's chosen olive tree, how much easier will it be for him to reinstate the natural branches than it is for the wild branch. <clears throat> All they will need to do is repent of their unbelief and God is able to graft them back in. So I told him, don't blow it. Then this week I had a conversation with a lady about honoring the Sabbath day. And she basically said the same thing. God had turned away from the Jews to the Gentiles. Now, in a way, she is correct that this is the age of the Gentiles, but God has not turned his back on his chosen people. I shared with her that the same God who created all that is in Genesis 1 and 2 is shown in John 1 and 1 to be Jesus. <clears throat> Therefore, the seventh-day Sabbath that he instituted on the very first seventh day ever, is still the only seventh day Sabbath that is mentioned in God's word. Her reply to that was, she just loves to go to Sunday services. They're just so filled with love and wonderful blessings. So I let it go. So I got to wondering, though, maybe I'm missing something here. It wouldn't be the first time that I'd miss something, so maybe I should do some checking. After all, it's possible I'm looking at things wrong. Turns out there is a detail or two that could be looked at. That's what's wonderful about God's Word. God's Word is always true. We can go read and study the Scriptures to find answers. Paul really covers this well, and Romans 11.1 1 answers the question spot on. I say then, has God cast away his people? Certainly not. No. For I also am an Israelite, the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know that the scripture says of Elijah how he pleads with God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. But what is the divine response? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Paul explains God's grace in verses 5 through 10. I'm changing to the easy read version here because I feel it works a little better. I feel it helps when we consider that God wants all mankind to come to him, and he in his infinite wisdom developed how to do it. It is the same now starting at 5. God has chosen a few people by his grace. And if he chose them by grace, then it is not what the people have done that made them his people. If they could be made his people by what they did, his gift of grace would not really be a gift, would it? 
So this is what has happened. The people of Israel wanted God's blessing, but they did not all get it. The people he chose did get his blessing, but the others became hard and refused to listen to him. As the scriptures say, God caused the people to fall asleep. God closed their eyes so that they could not see, and he closed their ears so that they could not hear. This continues until now. And he's referring to Isaiah 29, verses 10 through 14, and still in the ERV. The Lord will make you sleepy. He will close your eyes. The prophets are your eyes. He will cover your heads. The prophets are your heads. To, my, to you, my words are like, a word, like the words in a book that is closed and sealed. You can give the book to someone who can read it and tell that person to read it. But that person will say, I cannot read the book. It's closed and I can't open it. Or you can give the book to someone who cannot read <laughs> and tell that person to read it. That person, of course, will say, I can't read the book because I don't know how to read. The Lord says, these people come to honor me with words, but I am not really important to them. The worship they give me is nothing but human rules they've memorized. So I will continue to amaze them by doing powerful and amazing things. Their wise men will lose their wisdom. Even the most intelligent among them will not be able to understand. Going back to Romans 11, 9. David says, let those people be caught and trapped at their own feasts. Let them fall and be punished. Let their eyes be closed so that they cannot see. And let them be troubled forever. God is love. And he loves us, his creation. So he desires that we would all turn to him and have life through him. The Israelites are his chosen people who he chose, not the other way around. Why did he do that? In order to show the world that those who honor and serve him will receive blessings and those who don't will receive curses. They are the example to the world. So again, God has chosen some people to bless them and to bring glory to them, but others will not be blessed and will have shame. These will be those whose understanding God has darkened. That has been done so that for a while, the Gentiles can be grafted in. Let's go back to Paul, starting at 11.11. So I ask, when the Jews fell, did that fall destroy them? No. But their mistake brought salvation to those who are not Jews. The purpose of this was to make the Jews jealous. Now, I can definitely understand this. Let's say there's some children playing and there's a child who has a toy, but he really doesn't appreciate it. He's tired of it. So he treats it with contempt and just throws it aside. Then one of the other children, or even several of the other children, see the toy, and they decide they're going to start playing with it. Hmm. Guess what? Amazingly, that first child will want that toy back. I mean, really want that toy back, won't he? That's what's going on here. Romans 11, 12. Their mistake brought rich blessings to the world, and what they lost brought rich blessings to the non-Jewish people. So surely the world will get much richer blessings when enough Jews become the kind of people God's want, God wants. 
Now I am speaking to you people who are not Jews. I am an apostle to the non-Jewish people, so while I have that work, I will do the best I can. I hope that I can make my own people jealous. That way, maybe I can help some of them to be saved. God turned away from the Jews. When that happened, he became friends with the other people in the world. So when he accepts the Jews, it will be like bringing people to life after death. Again, the Jews are God's chosen people. He chose them and they are special to him. So he definitely wants good for them. And that's why he's shown them how to live in order to reach the rest of the world as well. Back to Romans uh, verse 16. If the first piece of bread is offered to God, then the whole loaf is made holy. If the roots of a tree are holy, the tree's branches are holy too. It is as if some of the branches from an olive tree have been broken off, and the branch of a wild olive tree has been joined to that first tree. If you are not a Jew, you are the same as a wild olive tree that has been uh, as that wild branch, and you now share the strength and life of the first tree. That's where I think many people went off the rails. <coughs> they think, you know, God did away with Jews. And it, he answers it in 18. Don't act as if you are better than those branches that were broken off. You have no reason to be proud of yourself because you don't give life to the root. The root gives life to you. You might say, branches were broken off so that I could be joined in to the tree. That's true. But those branches were broken off because they did not believe. And you continue to be part of the tree only because you believe. Don't be proud, but be afraid. If God did not let the natural branches of that tree stay, he will not let you stay if you, do not, if you stop believing. So you see that God is kind, but he can also be very strict. He punishes those who stop following him. But he is kind to you if you continue trusting in his kindness. If you don't continue depending on him, you will be cut off from the tree. And if the Jews will believe in God again, he will accept them back. He is able to put them back where they were. It is not natural for a wild branch to become part of a good tree. But you non-Jewish people are like a branch cut from a wild olive tree, and you were joined to a good olive tree. But those Jews are like a branch that grew from the good tree. So surely they can be joined to their own tree again. Now here's where Paul explains how that's going to happen. In the verse that I was reading, the Bible verse I was reading, Bible that I was reading, it titles these verses as the mystery of Isaiah's, of Israel's salvation. 11.25. I want you to understand this Secret truth, brothers and sisters, this truth will help you understand that you don't know everything. The truth is this, part of Israel has been made stubborn, but that will change when enough non-Jewish people have come to God. And that is how all Israel will be saved. The scriptures say the Savior will come from Zion. He will take away all evil from the family of Jacob. And I will make this agreement with those people when I take away their sins. The Jews refused to accept the good news, 
so they are God's enemies. This has happened to help you who are not Jews, but they are still God's chosen people, and he loves them because of the promises he made to their ancestors. God never changes his mind about the people he calls. He never decides to give back the blessings he has given them. At one time, you refused to obey God, but now you have received mercy because the Jews refused to obey. And now because they are the ones who refused to obey, because, and now they are the ones who refused to obey because God showed mercy to you. But this happened so that they can also receive mercy from him. Did you catch that? You see, the Jews are God's chosen people to show all the world about how to be God's people by obeying the law. But they couldn't do it, could they? They couldn't do it any more than we could do it. So after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, the Gentiles were allowed to be grafted into God's tree, his mercy, through grace. And when the time is right, that will happen with the Jews so that they can also receive mercy from him. <coughs> so when you, when might you think God might begin to open the Jews' minds and their eyes? I think he may have begun around November 4th, 2003. I'd read this a while back, and I looked, looked it up again. When Rabbi Yitzchak, and I'm sure I'm getting this all wrong, I've never studied Hebrew or how to speak it properly, so I just give it the best I can. Rabbi, or Rabbi Yitzhak Kadura, who was born in 1898 in Baghdad. He moved to Israel in 1922. In a meeting in 1990 with Rabbi Macham Mendel Schneerson, the Rebbe of Lubavitch, Rabbi Kaduri was blessed with the words that he would not pass away until he meet, met the Messiah. This came to pass on, I'm going to try this, 9 Cheshvan 5764, otherwise known to us as November 4th, 2003. When Kaduran spoke with the Messiah, I saw a video of that was on this, this where he was teaching people, and he just kind of goes into a, days he's kind of muttering you know and when he comes out of it he tells them that he had met Messiah <coughs> anyway uh, and he revealed Messiah revealed his name to uh, Rabbi Kaduri the name was Yahushua or as we know Yeshua this is not a name or this is this is a note I'm sorry that he wrote that he left that was not to be opened until a year after he passed away. Regarding the acronym of Messiah, the masses will themselves arise and verify that his words and teachings can stand. With my signature in the month of mercy, Elu Edit 5765 Yitshak Kaduri. <coughs> so he was definitely clear on that he believed Messiah is Jesus. Back to Romans 11.32. All people have refused to obey God, and he has put them all together as people who don't obey him so that he can show mercy to everyone. Yes, God's riches are very great, 
His wisdom and knowledge have no end. No one can explain what God decides. No one can understand his ways. As the scriptures say, who can know what is on the Lord's mind? Who is able to give him advice? Who has ever given God anything? God owes nothing to anyone. Yes, God made all things and continues through him and for him. To God be the glory forever. Amen.